What does it take to successfully lead expansion of your U.S. company into Europe or expand your European company into the U.S.? Our guest today, Sophie Boutelahir of Expandify, shares her stories and insights about this. Join us for episode 239 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now here's Pam and Scott. Welcome everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me as always is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you with us again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, and of course their companies, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, you know, Pam, world economic conditions these days are still as turbulent as ever, and yet global growth is still on the agenda for many companies in the U.S., and other countries as well. Yes. For instance, a recent report by the World Economic Forum cites a survey by HSBC that two-thirds of the mid-market companies they polled intend to expand internationally in the next year. That's right. And as our regular listeners know, we here at Growth Ignitors Radio often focus on the issues of leadership for successful global growth. And based on some of the news in January this year, one of the opportunities that we see coming up is between U.S. companies and European companies. The European economy is actually starting to rebound right now. And the challenge is always going to be going from, well, this is a great idea, to what's the key to leading to get the best return on the investment. So we're focusing this episode specifically on the leadership issues of U.S. companies expanding into Europe, as well as European companies expanding into the U.S. So we're going to have a conversation about this with our guest today, Sophie Boutelier, Chief Expansion Officer of her company, Expandify. She's a strategic advisor with a special expertise in helping European businesses achieve sustained, profitable revenue growth so they can thrive in the U.S. market. A native of Belgium, Sophie speaks English, Dutch, French, and Italian. She's lived and worked in Europe, Asia, South America, and North America. Her experiences have given her a rich understanding of the challenges of international business. She regularly speaks at conferences and gives workshops for clients and trade associations on topics covering exponential growth, international strategy, and alliances. You can find out much more about Sophie and her work by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 239, and scrolling down to resources. Sophie, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Hello, good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Your niche, as I was saying, is in this very specific area of helping companies expand globally. What made you choose to focus on that? So I moved from Belgium to Silicon Valley in 2015. And from the moment that I arrived here in in the USA, I got the opportunity to speak with a lot of entrepreneurs. 
And the story that I heard too often was there's a huge opportunity in the US. Uh, we try to expand or we are expanding, but it's very difficult to build a successful business here. And so I started to talk with those entrepreneurs, ask questions, and I did see some patterns. But that's where I got the idea uh, to set up my own business and help entrepreneurs with their global expansion. I have to say, I already moved to other countries, like to Brazil, uh, to Taiwan. And then every time I was prepared that the culture would be very different. Uh, So I read books about it. I uh, did my research. But when I moved to the U.S., like so many entrepreneurs, we think we know the U.S. We hear it in movies, from the media. So it all looks very familiar. And when you get here, it's not that there's a culture shock. The way that I experienced when moving to Asia or South America, where it's obvious from day one that it's very different. It's more after you've been here for a while that you really start to experience that there are cultural differences. Hmm. That's interesting. Why is that? I'm just curious. It's because, yes, the the U.S. culture, it's also familiar to us. And it's only when you start to work with American businesses or when you start to be really involved with your friends, etc., that the differences, um, how do you say it, emerge? Yeah. That you start to see that there's a different way that people communicate. In the beginning, you just misunderstand each other. But then after mm-hmm. a while, you start to understand how you have to communicate and understand people. So it's a more gradual thing than when you move to countries that have a completely different culture. Okay, so there are nuances there. Now, Sophie, you have a specialty in U.S. European expansion started out with European companies coming to the U.S. to expand, also going the other direction. From your experience and and what you're seeing now, what's the biggest trend that you see in the space of U.S.-European cooperation and expansion that's coming up here in 2023? I see a growing interest in the U.S. markets. During COVID, it was calm for a while. Because people, they wanted to protect what they had, right. uh, the business they had. They were not immediately looking for international growth. But that started to be stronger again, let's say, the mid-2021. And now I really see a growing interest in the U.S. markets. And I see that interest continuing also in 2023. It seems that 2023 will be a challenging year for businesses worldwide. Uh-huh. And then specifically, if we look at Europe, um, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially about the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the energy crisis that goes with it, although that seems to calm down a little bit. But international expansion is a way to continue growth, but also to spread the risk. So from that point, I see a lot of interest in international expansion in general. And then also the U.S. is still a very interesting market to expand to. It is still the biggest economy in the world with a huge consumer market. It's home to some giant corporate retailers. Right. So And people from Europe see that. So there's a huge uh, opportunity. Of course, there are always a lot of surprises when anybody comes over. From your perspective, what do you think these CEOs and C-suite teams most often get wrong about expanding globally? There's a lot right, of of course. We can talk about it more in the next segment. The biggest mistake, I would say, is to copy-paste what you have been doing in your home country 
or when you expand to other countries and then you try to copy that strategy in the new country where you are expanding to. And especially when you're expanding to overseas markets or big markets like the US or China, but also, for example, US companies going to Europe, I often say it's like starting a new business. And of course, you have your experience, you learn the, your best practices. So you don't start from zero. You build upon your the knowledge and experience that you have. But when you're expanding, you have to do your research about a new country and expect and also accept that things might be very different in a new country where you are going to. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen from our experience that sometimes whether it's European companies working in the U.S. or the other way around, there's a tendency to overlook or make assumptions about laws, regulations, and also customs. Right. Uh, have, have you seen that? And how do you help your clients deal with that? Well, it is indeed often underestimated how different it is to do business in the U.S. and Europe. For example, the US, because of its size, it often already requires a different approach. Right. Like, for example, when you go to a European country, a smaller European country, you can work with your own sales managers. But then you look at the US, just already because of its size, it's sometimes needed or necessary to, for example, add a network of sales or of uh, sales agents. Mm-hmm. Right. So already the size can make that you need a different approach. And also, yes, there's different laws and regulations. Yeah. And that's a misconception from European companies. When they go to the US, they think it's going to be easy because <laughs> they say it's one country, it's one culture, it's one language. And they also don't know that laws can be different from states to states. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely true now. That, that's the first thing that we work on to make them realize that the US First of all, it's too big to conquer at once, but also within the US, there are so many differences. Uh, for example, I worked with a company, they make attic ladders. Yeah. And in certain states, they have to add a sticker to say that's uh, fireproof for a certain amount of hours. Now you can think that's just a small detail, but if they don't put that sticker in those states, their liability can be, ah. yes. Crazy. And those are the kinds of things that I work on to make them realize that the U.S. actually, it's maybe one language, but is as complex as the, the European market. And the same as also for American companies coming to Europe, realize also the laws are very different. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a European yeah. Union, of course, but every country has its own sets of laws. But also, yes, the business culture the way of buying things, uh, the need of certain things can be very different. But I do think that when Americans are coming to Europe, they will more likely just pick a few countries. Well, when European companies go to the US, they often think they can just Uh, conquer the US at once. Very interesting. Well, we may all speak the same business language, English, perhaps, but clearly there are important differences as well. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with International Expansion Advisor Sophie Boutelahir about leading to increase the success of European-U.S. expansion and the other way around. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite teams to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited that Growth Igniters Radio, Pam Harper and Scott Harper, has been selected as a top podcast in the business, marketing, and tech category of the 2022 PopCon Podcast Awards. And just recently, we also were named one of the top 100 podcasts from Thinkers 360 Thought Leaders. So if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with international expansion advisor, Sophie Boutelahir about leading to increase the success of European-U.S. expansion initiatives. Sophie, tell us how people can find out more about you and your advisory services. Yes, so people can follow me on LinkedIn. And also I have a website where I explain what I do. I have a a bi-weekly newsletter with tips about international expansion, but also where you are invited to some of the events I organize. I have created a list of 10 tips, which I would be very happy to share with you on on, uh, your page. That's great. And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 239, and scrolling down to resources. So when we left off in the first segment, we were talking about some of the surprises leadership teams face when they are going across the uh, ocean into Europe or the other way around Europe into the US, especially something that you work with. And you mentioned just now that you offer a white paper featuring 10 tips to increase the success of business expansion from Europe to the US and from the US to Europe. What's the essence of these tips and how can they help? Well, it's something that I created based on the opportunities and challenges that the US market brings. And The number one tip, I would say, is the don't copy paste. (laughs) (laughs) That also counts for for American companies expanding to the U.S. so that you make sure that your company is ready to expand to a new market and that you understand the new market. What you found is too often they have no idea what they're getting into. Or they're making assumptions. Yes, making assumptions that they can do what they have been doing successfully before and that it will also work in such a huge market like the US or such a diverse market also like Europe. That's good, Sophie. So can you tell us a story that shows an experience of a CEO and C-suite team that you helped successfully apply these tips? I worked with a European company expanding to the US. They developed a product to test the quality of certain components in manufacturing. Uh Their markets in Europe were automotive, wind energy, and aerospace. So initially, they also wanted to attack those three markets at the same time when they expanded to the US. In Europe, they were working with a team of 25 people. In the US, they would start out very small. So if you would 
try to approach those three markets at the same time, soon you would be all over the place. Uh-huh. So what we did is we worked together to analyze, first of all, their business, like what are their strengths or their things they have to improve, but also are they ready to serve an American customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and also we worked to under, really understand that U.S. market. So looking where are the opportunities in those three markets? Right. Um, and also what are the needs in those opportunities? So after uh, our work together, we decided that their focus would be automotive because uh-huh. we found out that in the windmills, energy industry, there was already a very strong player. So the market was already saturated. But also what we discovered after conducting interviews with end users, going to trade shows, etc., is that the unique value and the value proposition is different in the US US than it is in Europe. Like in Europe, it was much more about quality, longevity, while in the US, it was much more important to build a story around reducing liability risks. Uh Aha. And also, like after doing that work, we decided to focus on automotive, but also to focus on top five players. And so they are doing fantastic now, much better than if they would have tried to focus or try to work on all three markets at the same time. So yeah, that's the tip of, of really focus in, narrow your focus and find where you can start and be dominant in that particular niche. Yes, exactly. And then you can start building your credibility. You can say, we are number one in that market. Right. And then you can use it as marketing to grow further. Sophie, what was the most important lesson that they learned from this experience? You need to have, first of all, excellent understanding of your own business, but also of the markets where you're going to. And that sometimes you'll need to adapt your strategy or even your product to the needs of that market. And then based on that study and understanding, define a crystal clear focus, start there, learn from it, and then you can grow faster. So international expansion, it's not a black or white thing. It's really something gradual. And I'm a very strong believer. What you do, you should do it great. That's true. And that's a great example of how these 10 tips can be applied. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with international expansion advisor Sophie Boutelier about immediately useful ideas for leading to build commitment to European U.S. expansion. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing, innovation, transformation, and growth. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to embrace the leadership paradoxes that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. 
how do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. So go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership or executive conference. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with international expansion advisor Sophie Boutelier about leading to increase the success of U.S.-European business expansion. Sophie, tell us again how people can find out more about you and your advisory services. Well, everybody's more than welcome to follow me on LinkedIn. I also have a website, www.expandify.eu. Uh, with a bi-weekly newsletter where I share tips about international expansion and invite you also to events that I organize. And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 239, and scrolling down to resources. So, Sophie, we're at the part of our episode where we talk about the immediately useful ideas. In this case, three immediately useful ideas for leading to increase the success of U.S.-European business expansion. So what's the first idea? Idea number one. You need to have a crystal clear focus. So both the U.S. and Europe are too big and too complex to conquer at once. So find your focus, do that very well and grow from there. And your focus can be, for example, to focus on a certain region or a certain country, uh, work with a certain partner. It can even be a large account or a market segment. I, by the way, love to work with companies where they can find a specific niche, where they can really stand out and uh, offer unique value. And also there's always that American way of yeah, thinking big. It's something mm -hmm. that I love. You have to think big, but you have to start small. So, for example, starting with a very specific focus, do that well and grow from there. So start small so you can be very clear and you can test out your assumptions and find out what works, what doesn't work, and build from there. It makes a lot of sense. Yes, and an example is Barco. That's a company from Belgium that I worked for. Although they are a relatively small company, they are world leader in their niche of market of cinema projectors. And they did so by showing a very clear focus on that market. So it's, for example, developing products specifically for that niche. Also, a perfect understanding of the market and building a very strong network there, having a very specific value proposition. So even if it's a small niche, and that's a fantastic thing about the U.S., it's still a huge opportunity. Right. Terrific. What's uh, another uh, immediately useful idea that leaders can use to increase the success of their international expansion? Explore alliance opportunities. Ah. Uh, when you arrive in a new market, you are the new kid on the block, and likely you will compete with local companies who know the market, who already have a network, who already built credibility. And together with my customers, I always like to explore what an alliance could mean for their expansion because local partners, mm -hmm. they understand the market. They already have a network. 
And if you find something where you can work together, for example, the go-to-market, or if you have complementary products, or if you want to work together with a service partner, that can really be a very efficient way to enter a new market because you already can build on their knowledge and um, experience there. How do you find those alliance partners if you don't already have those relationships set up? And that's why it's important also to know the market very well, because the better you know the market, that you also build your own network there, the more chance you have to get into that network of good service partners, for example. And yes, often I hear people, they want to go to the US, they say, we're going to look for a partner and they will do all the work for us. But that's not how it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. You also have to invest your own time and not only rely on that partner. So the better you know that markets, build your own network, then that's how you uh, yeah, start to discover also where the good partners are. And of course, borrowing from your first tip of being very focused, when you can define with a partner why you're good for them, as well as why they're good for you, and, and how that creates a unique advantage, that's going to really increase your success. Yeah. Something we've seen be very successful in finding these partners is becoming active in your trade association. Right. And, you know, frequently these are global and that's where I've met some of the companies that are looking to expand in different directions. Do you find that too, Sophie? Yes, you definitely have to invest time in getting to know the customers, potential partners, and working with local trade organizations can be a fantastic first step to do that. Right, right. So we've talked about the focus, being clear, having that relationship, finding the partners. What's the third immediately useful idea? And that third and immediately useful idea can help you to find a partner. And that is that you have to show commitments to the new markets, which goes hand in hand with closing the gap. I'll explain a little bit more what I mean. So showing commitments to the new market means that you show that you are serious about your expansion to the new markets, that you are there to stay both to your customers and your partners. For example, if a partner sees that you are really serious about European country or about the U.S., they will likely also invest more time and money into a serious partnership than if they feel you are only testing the waters. So you really have to show that you are there to stay and that you are serious and you're investing time and money. Then they also know they can be part of a long-term success story. So what is a way to demonstrate that? You know, you have to do more than say, hey, we're here or put some paper out there that says we're here. What's going to be most credible in your experience? The biggest step you can take is to have local presence, that you really set up your office, that you set up a sales structure. It doesn't necessarily need to be your own salespeople or your own service people, that, but that they really feel that you have a solid business that can operate independently from the headquarters. Or, of course, it always depends. You always work together, but that it's a solid business on its own. That's like the biggest step you can take to show your commitment to new markets. But of course, international expansion is also something that grows gradually. So that doesn't have to be the step where you start. 
But that is, of course, a very important part. Once that you invest in a new country, they know that you are serious about about the U.S. Sure, having an address and a phone number that's a U.S. exchange, yeah, I can imagine definitely makes a statement. You're paying money into the system. People can find you. Yeah, and and that's where it goes together. Also, it's what I call close the gap. Because you hear often, yes, Americans only do business with Americans or Germans only do business with Germans. And I have seen too many companies being successful on both parts. Um, So I do not believe in that. But Americans and also Europeans, they want to feel that they are dealing with a local partner. So they want to feel a proximity. And that's, of course, by using the right currency, the right language, having American or European units, taking care of the import taxes, providing service during your business hours, the customer's business hours. Right. So those are ways why when you um, yes buy from a company or you need service from a company, you want to feel that they are really close. That's very important. But your nationality doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So it's demonstrating that you can really be there for this new country that you're going into and the people in it. Well, so this has been a great conversation. We're already at the end here. Can you leave us with some final thoughts on leading a successful U.S.-European business expansion or the other way around, European-U.S.? It all comes down to you have to be serious about your international expansion. You have to be prepared and put in your necessary time and money. Well, thanks, Sophie. We're glad you could be our guest today. Thanks, Sophie. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including a link to Sophie's 10 Tips white paper, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 239. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. Is now the time to consider expanding our company from Europe to the U.S. or from the U.S. to Europe? If so, what do we need to do starting today to maximize our return on investment? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.